Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to ACW Beyond the Yard. I am your host, Derek Destroyer, and thank you for listening to this episode because this is the first episode in 2022. We are kicking in the new year with this with this episode of the podcast. And I just want to say, anybody, everybody that's listening to this, thank you for listening. And I hope you keep listening to our future content because hopefully we could return ACW pretty soon. Especially in 2022, because even though we didn't have any closure, it'll be nice to have some closure, or better yet, keep the wheels in motion. It'll be pretty nice to see some crossovers or some ACW action, but for right now, we have ACW Beyond the Yard. Now, I have a guest that has never been on the show before. This guest was the two-time WWA World Crown Champion, the longest-reigning WWA World Crown Champion, the first ever WWA Tag Team Champions. The first ever Grand Slam Champion in WWA. Two times WWA International Champion. And one time Glorious Case Holder. Man, that sounds like a lot of accomplishments for this man. Please, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Gabriel Why? Thank you. Thank you. I can't, the, the amount of accolades. I feel old. For real, I feel old too. <laughs> like, I'm only 16, but I feel like it really old. I feel like I've been around the block a few times, man. No way, you're 16 for real? Yeah. Wow, now I feel old. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I debuted when I was, I think, 11 or 12, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, five, six years ago, something like that. But, That's um, crazy. Yeah, I, start, I mean, I started out young. I, I mean, I. Right. Still really young, but I, just hearing all the accolades, I feel like crazy old right now. Uh huh. Right. I, I I just I think looking back on it, like I, mm-hmm. I feel like yarding itself has gotten like really old, and it's like a it's a trait, and that's something that's been passed down. It's like thinking just about how much I've done and how much like WWE has done, how much all these companies have done, and like I mean, really, five years is kind of a long time, but in, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, like. Five years isn't that long. You just look about like all the things that yarding itself has accomplished in the community that we've made. It's just like right. it, I'm still young, but I mean, I just make, it makes me feel like an old man. I know. Like to me, when I see backyarding, like I kind of see it like a part of our childhood, you know? Yeah. Like it's our teenager year. Yeah, it's definitely something that like you'll never you'll never get rid of it. It's something that's like it's it's ingrained all the people I've met from all these different companies, you know, like mm-hmm. we had people for WA coming from all across the country of, you know, wow. of like it, the, the people and the community and like the outlook and outreach you get just by, by wrestling in a backyard. It's, it's insane. Uh-huh. It's just like, like to it's, me, like if I didn't do backyarding, I don't know what I would have done with my life. If I was going to be completely honest. Yeah. It, now the, what's, uh, what's that? Like, because, like, what I'm trying to say is that, like, we we did, you know, backyarding, you know, growing up. But, like, if we didn't do it, like, I felt like our lives would have been, like, not exactly 100% different, but, like, it would have been a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, like, you got to think about all the time and effort that you put mm-hmm. into it. Like, all the people that you meet. Like, I mean, you know, I, that's really how, you know, Carson and uh, Luke and Dylan Spurlock, I mean, us four, I mean, we were, you know, good friends, I guess you'd say, but uh, in school. But in like once we hit like backyarding, we it's like a brotherhood. And it's like 
no matter yes. how much, even if you try to get rid of it, like yarding is something that you just can't really get rid of or grow out of. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, you there might be some conflicts between one another, like you know, behind the curtain, but like, yeah, you know, it still brings us together no matter what. Yeah, I mean, and of course, I have a feeling that you know you probably got questions to ask and stuff like that, and you know, right. there's there's things that I'll say, you know, about people that kind of screwed up production mm-hmm. and people that screwed up booking and people that kind of I don't want to say screwed me over with my career, but like th- those people, even though they like, you know, they make you mad sometimes and you know, they kind of, you can say ruined your career. Like those are still brothers in this, in this thing. Mm-hmm. Right. No, cause the reason is why we talk about that is cause I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your mind away. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. The first episode of beyond the yard was aired January the 8th. 2020. Wow. Almost two years. That's crazy. It's almost on the dot two years. For real. Because by the time the video gets uploaded, the podcast, it's going to be uploaded on January the 5th, 2022. That That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I mean, we were talking about, it, you know, a little bit before the podcast, like, uh-huh. like something like this, a podcast that people can come on and tell their stories, like, it's something that backyarders and like people just need. And like mm-hmm. to be doing it for two years now. And the, like I was talking about the outreach and like the people that you can like, you know, talk to earlier. But like something like this is like, you know, podcast is something that's never really been done before with like, uh, you know, backyarding and stuff like that. Exactly. And, you know, yeah. And it's something that I think was much needed. And I, you know, I, like I said, I'll give you props, you know, for kind of stepping beyond the comfort zone of yarders, you know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, it's something special. Cause like people, like I mean, I don't watch your football. Like, do you watch football? No. Yeah, I'm a big sports guy. Big sports guy. Okay, I mean, I'm a professional fan guy. So, (laughs) no. But the reason why I tell you that is because, like, there's something I don't know about football. Like, I hear about fantasy football. Like, what is that? Well, it's how to describe fantasy football. It's kind of like you draft. players (laughs) players <laughs> see this is why i watch professional wrestling yeah you draft players onto your team and then okay. based on how they play in real life you get points and then you face people every week and whoever gets more points with their team wins interesting the way the many ways that people have managed to use football into other competitive sports is insane to me wow I mean, the last time I played on Madden was Madden 2003, but that was on the PS2. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm a gamer, so yeah. An antique uh, retro gamer. No, because, like, in every sport, like, there's a podcast based from the sport. Like, football, yeah. like, there's podcasts about that. Um, yeah. Soccer, there's podcasts about that. Professional wrestling, there's podcasts about that. Yeah, but, like, and, you know, and you think about how popular those podcasts are because there's so much that people, you know, like, you don't know so much about things just by watching it on TV, right? Like, you can watch right. a football game, and you don't know much about it, but you, it's the podcast and stuff where you get a lot of your information from. That's why, like, the backyarding podcast, there's so much story left to tell, and it's like, this is something that's been needed for a long, long time. Right, and you could hear, like, their origins and their, you know, background stories that, yeah. you know, maybe it's not shown on, you know, YouTube television, if I could say that, you know, yeah. on YouTube pretty much. Yeah, like there's, uh, like, like 
the if you th- like look at the people, think about the people you watch, you know, on backyard wrestling channels, right? And like, I think people tend to forget, like you see them as a wrestler on a YouTube channel, but you tend to forget that most of these people are like teenagers, right? Mm-hmm. Like they have a full life that you know nothing about, and like you right. you listen to a podcast about it, and there's like you understand so much more about the struggles and like being a yarder. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Spider-Man, you know, like everybody knows Spider-Man, but nobody knows, you know, Peter Parker. Like yeah. Peter Parker, you know, he has trouble with rent, you know, I guess like dating yeah. relationship, you know, just Peter Parker. He yeah. struggles. Even he's a teenager, but like people don't see him because everybody sees him as Spider-Man. Yeah, it's there's like and I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be, I guess, insulting to yarding fans, but like. That's the thing that makes a lot of companies go under is the stress of like having to produce and pump out videos every single week and having right. to like film ed- videos and edit videos and do all that. Like with WA, I think for like, I think Mania 3, there would be times where we would film 30 to 40 matches a weekend. And then we'd have wow. to like constantly edit and work on it. And you got to think, uh-huh. you got to add all that stuff in with like, you know, high school sports and school and relationships and that kind of stuff. And it's like, there's a lot more to being a yarder than what meets the eye. I know. Like like you're not, you got to get into your head that you're not watching like YouTubers. You're watching people try to entertain you. Mm -hmm. Cause like to me, like, like when people do backyarding on YouTube, it's different compared to people like, you know, making like gaming videos or vlogging, you know? Yeah. Like there's a difference. Like people can make video games on practically anything. Like there's like, you know, countless yeah. of video games they can make videos on. Like bloggers, they could come up with so many ideas and, you know, they do it. But with like backyarding, it's kind of hard because, you know, there's time consuming. There's yeah. if people, you know, arrive or not. There's, you know, the, the timing, you know, like relationship you know, school in general, yeah. like it kind of hard because, you know, you have to be on, you know, the arena, you know, where you guys film at and yeah. depends how much and the storyline, because there's also got to be a storyline story yeah. behind it. You can't just, you know, wrestle and that's it, you know? Yeah. Most like other YouTubers, they can just kind of make whatever they want to and just throw it out and then that's it. But with, mm-hmm. well, with backyard wrestlers, you have to book a story and if the story, it doesn't work well, you're going to receive criticism for it. Right. So being like a yarder, there's like so much like criticism coming in and you have to do things not based on how you think it's going to work, but you have to make videos based on a, a fan base that you don't really know how they're going to react to it. Right. And there's a whole level of uncertainty with booking and then with filming the matches and with, you know, how should this, how should my gimmick, know correlate to this story and who should be in these storylines and all that kind of stuff right it's like i mean mm-hmm. yeah but yeah you yeah you go ahead you go ahead okay because i was gonna say like it's kind of like if you're a comedian you know like you want to win over the fans because if you don't then like they won't like yeah. be vibing with you and if they don't vibe with you then you know you kind of lose that co- comedy like yeah appeal i guess because with comedy you always have to come up with new material you can't just I mean, I guess you could repeat yeah. the same thing, you know, once in a while, but you can't always do the same thing. Yeah. Because if you keep doing the same stuff over the same, you know, 
if you keep doing, you know, the same matches, the same storylines each weekend and week out, then the fans are just going to lose, you know, intention, I guess, like that. That's what you say? Yeah. And interest. Mm-hmm. Like, there you go. Like, you know, most comedians, you know, like, it's kind of like you need to be one with the fans. You got to think like the fans would. So plenty right. of times, you know, now I towards the end of my run, you know, and towards the end of WWE's run, I wasn't a part of the booking, but back in like 20, I'd say 18, 2019, you know, I, me, Luke and Carson were the you know main bookers um, of the show. And it's like, we would have a storyline, you know, built to perfection, but then you have to say, well, what would the fans think about it? And you can't like, just like comedians, you don't write jokes based off the fact that they're funny. You write jokes based off the fact that other people will think it's funny. Mm -hmm. So whenever you're like, you're booking, stories and you're booking all these you know different and i'd say this is one of the things that wda did better than most other companies is we didn't just make storylines we made storylines that we knew the fans would get would like relate to and would right. like show reactions to which is something right. that you know most yarding companies are losing the i guess you know like like you said the appeal of is you got to you know, book, you got to wrestle, you got to act according to the fans, not according to you. Mm -hmm. Cause the way I see it, like, this is just on me. Well, I don't know if people could relate, but like when I, cause I also have a YouTube channel, it's called Life for Nation. I don't know if you heard about it, but like, I like to make, you know, video projects and all that. Sometimes I'll be making like skits, blogging or gaming. But like, to me, I kind of had to like see myself from a van's point of view, you know, like if they think, yeah. you know, they're going to like it, then they're going to like it. But if I start doing this and they might not like it, then, you know, that's when you have to change up a thing or two. Yeah. Um, me and Carson, actually, we used to, like, write short films. And we used to write, like, movie scripts when we were back in high school. And I mean, okay. I'd say more middle school. Okay. And it's like, you, whenever you're, like, you're making a movie script, you just make, you just write the movie, right? And you, mm. you have the thoughts in your head and you just produce it. Like, you just write them all down. But, like, you know, like I, you know, constantly repeat, I have a bad tendency of repeating myself, but like, you can't write what you think. You got to put this match here and then what, the, what, how are the fans going to react? And then you mm -hmm. got to put this segment here, but then how are the fans going to react? Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's so much going into it. You know, people just see a, like a 30 minute video on a throwdown and they assume that 30 minutes go into it. But in reality, we spend, we would spend weeks booking. And we'd spend whole weekends filming. And we'd spend even more weeks editing it. And it's like, we, you do all that work for a 30-minute video to get, like, you know, a few thousand views. Right. Wow, that's good to hear. Now, knowing that you were one of the bookers for WWA, since you guys have booked, you know, matches and storylines, have there been times where you guys book, you know, a match or a storyline or a video? But, like, you guys might have to change there, too, because, you know, this person didn't show up or something happened. Or <laughs> Yes, that, that has happened a lot more than what we'd like to admit. Okay. There, was plenty, there was plenty of times, like, the person I will, I'd say, that, uh, that kind of threw in the biggest wrench was, uh, you probably know as Marshall Outlaw, if you kind of remember. He had a shorter stand with us. Okay. We, you know, I'll now refer to him as Dustin because that was his name. Dustin had this unmatched, like, athleticism. The dude was a freak. 
He's like wow. he's like six one. He was probably like two fifteen. You know, huge guy, and he was great as a wrestler. But I guess as we got older, he kind of lost the the want to. So we had this big run planned for him where he was going to, you know, turn heel, win the world title and that kind of stuff. And we had booked it for like months, uh, like months ahead. And then all of a sudden he just stopped showing up. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you watch some of our older content, you know, back in like whenever we first started, there used to be like 10, 15 people that was wrestling just from our school. I remember something like that. Yeah. But as we got older, it's like there was more and more people just dropping off. And mm-hmm. I, I think the biggest thing, and I, I guess I'll mention this now, um, my mania, I want to say four, I faced Eclipse. If, I don't know if you saw that match or not. Can't recall, but go on. Um, I was actually supposed to face Jake Frost at Mania, and I was supposed to retire the El Omega character. Okay. But then, you know, certain things happened with, you know, backyard, you know, drama backstage and, you know, him being like stiff and him not being safe to work with, you know, mm-hmm. and then that fell through. And then we had like another guy planned for, to face me. Then we had this other guy planned to face me. But over the weekend, they kept dropping out. So eventually we just had to say, OK, you're going to fight Eclipse. And we had maybe they let me know that, you know, because that's more towards when I stopped booking. They let me okay. know probably like a few days before that I was facing Eclipse. And that's all the, the notice I got for that. Mm-hmm. If I could recall, had you ever had a match with Jake Frost? No, I oh, was never? supposed. No, I was supposed to, but um, with his stint with our you know company for a little bit, um, he was you know being really stiff. Like there was one time where um, he punched you know was supposed to punch Carson um, and just full like close fist decked him, and like Carson started bleeding everywhere, right? And then, you know, he's telling me the match that we were going to have. And there was barbed wire in it. And there was going to be, like, all these crazy things. And I was just kind of like, no. So, you know, I we, you know, tell Jake that we wasn't going to invite him back down. But that was supposed to be the time I faced Jake. But that got, got canceled. So, no, I never faced him at all. I see. I mean, I'm not trying to say this because I want to flex on you or anything. But, you know, I did have a match with Jake Frost. When I had, you know, my first ever crossover with JNA, and unfortunately it didn't air, but like, I mean, I guess it was like a never before seen match, but we uploaded it on ACW. So I had a match with him, you know, it was going all well, but so there was a spot where he had me in an arm bar and I try to, you know, pick him up and drop him, you know, I think you've seen that maneuver before. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to do that, but like, he probably, you know, not necessarily didn't want to work with me, but like, he probably like didn't understand what stood what I was trying to do with him and you know so I tried to use my bra my raw strength to lift him and you know I kind of got him like halfway but like you know I dislocated my knee in the process. I I did see that actually. I don't wow. I don't remember where I just remember that um that was showed backstage I, I, I think um Luke showed it to me. He said that there was this video that I needed to watch and I saw you lift him up I saw like your knee buckle and I was like that uh-huh. was also one of the driving factors because Throughout the entire week, weekend that we was filming with Jake and them, uh-huh. like Carson would never cancel a match midway through. Okay. Right? He, because, you know, Carson, you know, even though Carson could be stiff at times, even though Carson, you know, would have a bad match, Carson had this mentality of, we're going to power through this match and we're going to mm-hmm. get this match done. 
that weekend he canceled two matches alone because Jake wouldn't sell. And it like it was a 15 minute match of them just kind of standing there, you know, just kind of looking at each other because he kind of wouldn't give. And I told I told Luke and them, I was like, this Mania match is supposed to launch me to my big world title run. I was like, and I don't think that me and Jake's going to have that good of a match. And, you know, for mm-hmm. my safety and for, you know, t- to have a good show, I told them and we just decided not to, you know, pull the trigger on the match. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I mean, it kind of sucked because, you know, not only 2020 was a bad year, but like, you know, at the beginning of the year, like I made a promo like 2020 that, you know, I called out all these wrestlers. I kind of did, you know, this Negan gimmick promo. I don't know if you heard of it, but like, you know, I kind of got heated by, you know, some wrestlers, which I guess that's kind of the point, but not necessarily because, you know, that's kind of like a thing that you never seen before. So like, I don't know how people or, like, you know, backyarders or, like, the fans will think about it, and, like, which was kind of good because the people not necessarily hated, like, oh, my God, like, he's going to do this. I thought like, this is going to happen, which, one, I was trying to prove them wrong because my goal in 2020 was to actually, like, you know, go to different federations and have a match with them. Like, I don't even care if I won, lost, or even had a draw with them. The point was, you know, doing a crossover. Yeah. Because a lot of people done it, like, especially – EBW and MEBW, like, they have done, like, big crossovers. But, like, to me, like, I see them as, like, you know, the big leagues. And, yeah. of course, you could see that, you know, happening because they're the big leagues. But you don't really see much in the little leagues. Because, like, when I see WWA, yeah. I feel like, you know, they're up there, you know. I don't know how ACW is. Like, sure, we might not be, you know, big as EBW. But, like, we're just trying to not only have fun, but, like, you know, not, not exactly trying our best. But, like, because the main point is just having fun. Impact at wrestling. Yeah, yeah. That, but that. Go ahead. I feel like that's what kind of gets lost with backyard wrestling. Is that it's supposed to be fun, right? It's supposed to be you know younger people just kind of like having fun on a trampoline, messing around. And mm-hmm. I don't know, but somewhere along the way, we kind of lost it, like lost the the love for it and lost the fun in it, and just mm-hmm. started making like like we were big time you know WWE companies and AEW. Maybe it's just like a like a phrase or a phase that just happens with the, within us, you know? Yeah, I, I must have just been us getting older because like, there's so many times we'd be filming, you know, recently, and like we just look back on how much fun and how little we cared about, you know, right. when this got uploaded and all that kind of stuff. Because mm-hmm. to me, like, I'm a nostalgic person. I don't know if that's even a thing, but like to me, I like to make memories and looking back and like just kind of remembering you know, those times. Yeah. And that's one yeah. thing I like about YouTube because, you know, hopefully, you know, YouTube doesn't take off our content because I remember in 2020, like, you know, YouTube has taken off, like, some content from different channels. Hopefully, it yeah. wasn't, like, none of ours or yours or everybody's. But, like, what I'm trying to say is I like YouTube because we can make videos and, you know, upload it and, like, 20 or, you know, 30 years later, we could look back at it and be like, man, those were the times. I remember, when you know, when we were all together and stuff like yeah. that, because it's all about making memories. Yeah, and like, like, like you know, like you said, you're a nostalgia person. Look, like I was looking back at some of our really old videos just a few days ago. Mm-hmm. And it's like looking back at like how you spend so much time and like growing up. Like you can watch yourself grow up from a viewer standpoint. I know, and it's just like. 
that's why I love yarding so much because of like it's just like I I can't really describe it other than like yarding is a vibe. I the know. People, the there's just like it's a certain kind of people with a certain kind of fan base, mm-hmm. and it's like even though over the way you know we've made it less fun and more like a company, it's there's still so many memories and so many great matches and great segments that people still see. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in high school, because I started ACW like towards the end of middle school, but ever since I got to a high school, I never actually did a sport. Sure, in middle school, I did, you know, cross country and track, but like I was so obsessed with, you know, backyarding that I kind of treated that as my sport. I mean, I'm not saying backyard wrestling is a sport, but like, I mean, it, it kind of has a sport vibe because, you know, yeah. you have to, you know, what is it called? Have endurance. You have to have strength for some spots. You know, just be active. Sometimes you have to, you know, look good in front of the camera when I'm saying that. Like, sometimes people like to be, you know, fit and all that, but you don't have to be, you know, fit and muscular. Like, there's, like, some dudes that are, like, you know, big or slim or, like, you know, maybe not. They don't have muscles at all, but they could do flips and, you know, they could just do that. And that's what I like because in sports, you might I don't know if you have to, you know, have a certain weight or, you know, you can't be fat. Maybe, like, I was talking about cheerleader-wise, but, like, that's what sport is. Sometimes you have to, you know, be this or that to be able to participate, but backyard Reddit, backyard wrestling, you could, you know, be yourself and that's what's great about yeah. it. Yeah. Like well yeah, like like you were saying with sports, you know, like you have to keep yourself up to a certain level. But mm-hmm. with backyard wrestling, it's like there's no there's no limits. Right. You can be big, small, you know, tall, little, whatever. And it's like that's just what backyard wrestling is. If you go to like WWE and AEW and ROH and all that kind of stuff. They there's a there's a certain look that people's looking for. Right. But with but with yarding, it's just you. If you have the want to, you have the motivation, and you go, you can become great at backyard wrestling. Right. Because like in WWF, for example, like in the eighties, especially, like people saw wrestlers, you know, as huge, like Hulk Hogan or Mister Perfect or you know, Roddy Roddy Piper, like, they had that, you know, wrestler look, you know? Yeah. But nowadays, you could see, like, Finn Balor, I mean, he's muscular, but he's a small dude. Who else? Um, Darby Allen, he might not, you know, have that physique look, but, you know, he has the guts. Like, the Hardy Boys, for an example, they were not, like, you know, very muscular. Maybe Matt was, but, you know, they were themselves. That is kind of, like, a good comparison, if I could say. Yeah. I mean, you look at people like the Hardy Boys, the Young Bucks, the Briscoes, like those people started as yarders too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a reason why they're so popular and so loved now is because ever since they were little, they've just been themselves. Right. They haven't ch- tried to change themselves to what people's looking for. They've just kind of done what they've always been able to do. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, you know, things goes well for everybody. Like, I don't know if, like, for example, the future backyard, um, backyard, you know, communities that's listening to this, you know, if they still want to do backyarding, you know, go, go right ahead. Like, nothing's stopping you. Yeah. Sure, it might not, you know, help you once you actually want to, you know, go pro. But, like, remember, this is just for fun. Like, there's actually, yeah. like, no, you know, achievements that, you know, will help you in pro. But, like, you can make achievements that, you know, will make you feel good, you know, just in your life in general. Yeah. The I'd say that the memories from just from doing this for a few months, mm-hmm. it's so much greater than like 
the like you know like I guess the embarrassment you'd say because right. like if when, if your friends from school find out it's embarrassing right at they, first like, you know, it kind of is you know yeah but what then but like looking back on it the memories that I, that you've made along the way mm-hmm. and I mean back at wrestling even though you know most bookers and like for professional companies they don't like backyarders but like you can become good at just at wrestling and knowing the company knowing the industry from mm-hmm. doing it in a backyard right because backyard is just you know the start of it you know yeah i, I mean i think our i mean not not to say stuff about my own company but with wa you know we'd say this is where legends are made the backyard is where mm-hmm is where like wrestlers are born, right? Uh, there was something I was gonna say. Let's see if I can remember. Um, crap, I can't remember. But I think I was gonna say something like, "Oh yeah, I remember." I'm gonna tell you a little story since we were talking on the topic of you know when when people found out that you were started backyarding, like it's kind of embarrassing. But with me, like I I always been like you know a wrestling fan ever since I was little. I can't remember when because I was so little. Like, I was so obsessed with wrestling that I told my friends because they're, you know, not 100% fans like me, but, like, they'll watch it with you sometimes if you if you could relate. Yeah. But, like, for an example, like, me and my friends, we came up with an idea. Like, hey, what if we just, you know, make wrestling videos on YouTube? If people that, you know, like, if they do, like, you know, top 50 moves on trampoline and they make good views, you know, why not? why can't we do it? Yeah, and sure. At the time, we were kind of thinking of the idea. Oh, we should, you know, make views and hopefully we can make money because you know, YouTubing. But like, at the time, you know, you're young and you know, you're not probably thinking as how you are right now because you know we see it YouTube differently compared to how we were younger. Yeah. But when I started YouTubing, like, I was so like you know positive about it. Like I told my friends about it. I kind of like not necessarily try to over promote it, but like just spread it if I could say it. Yeah. Because, like, when you spread it, that's when you start picking up. Because, I mean, I don't know if you could have, if you have anything to say about this. But, like, I can't really recall, like, how it started getting big. But, like, I remember when it was, like, small. Like, when it was just, like, a small channel compared to how it got included to the backyard community. Well, I remember that whenever I, because, you know, I was homeschooled for a time for, like, three years. And then I had gone back to the you know, middle school where I met Carson or whatever. And, you know, Carson was a huge wrestling fan and we kind of bonded over that. And Carson was like, it, he's like, I don't know if you know this, but I have a YouTube channel. Okay. And you know, so I was super interested, you know, because like you said at the time, you, t- you know, for your friends having YouTube channels weren't like, wasn't something you'd hear of every day. Right. So, okay. So like I was, I was super interested and I was like, what's this channel we're over? And he's like, you know, it's, it's wrestling. So he showed me it, you know, and I instantly I was like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I actually had asked him all of my sixth grade year for an entire year to join WWA. And he'd always, you know, maybe now's not a good time or whatever. Or we haven't been filming lately. But eventually by seventh grade, he'd kind of like let me join in on the like, you know, on the channel or whatever. Mm-hmm. And at that point, we're at like 80 subscribers. Now. Right. But over us kind of grinding and just kind of, you know, making stuff and putting it out there, we got into like maybe 400 subscribers, and that's when MEBW noticed us. Wow. And then, and then we had that crossover, the, you know, views just skyrocketed, and I guess you'd say the rest is history. We just started 
you know, pumping stuff out weekly and people, I guess, just noticed us and fell in love. Now that you brought that up, like, I remember the, the times when, you know, like how you said, when you don't get to hear a lot of, you know, oh, I have a YouTube channel, you know, especially when they're a wrestling channel, because if you could find like a wrestling, you know, friend or, you know, a group of friends that love wrestling and they check out your channel, like they'll be like hyper. They'll be like, oh, dang, that's cool. And like, yeah. once you know, the video gets uploaded and the next day you see your friend that's cool. They'll be like, damn, bro, you kick his ass. I can't believe that table spot was like badass. Like hearing yeah. that feedback is just like great and like will keep you like helping, you know, keep keeping the wheels in motion. And like, I like I miss the high school feeling because when you get to, you know, make videos, because, like, to me, when I was in high school, I was the backyarder slash YouTuber. So, you know, we'll be making videos. I'll kind of be promoting it. Like, hey, guys, hopefully you can check out, you know, this match this Sunday. We're going to have, like, a tables match. Hopefully, you know, we're going to do crazy stuff. Hopefully you guys could check it out if you want to. We would love the support. Kind of like a fan base. You could say, like, the high school was kind of like, you know, people's like yeah. the backyard's fan base. And that's one thing I miss in, in general. Yeah. Um, I think it was maybe last year during school. One of the substitute che- one of like substitute teachers that everyone was in, like you know loves mm-hmm. would actually like broadcast episodes of our throwdown on the whiteboard. Wow! For like you know it'd be like twenty thirty kids at a time, and he'd just have it on all day long. Mm-hmm. And we constantly have you know people watching him ever, and you know. He was probably doing it, you know, kind of the tease, you know, kind of make a little bit of a joke. Okay. But, but the act, our, you know, our audience was actually growing because there's people that watch that kind of stuff. And they're like, this thing is so crazy and it's so wacky that it's interesting and it's fun to watch. Right. It's and watching, like, okay, go, I'll start to interrupt. Go ahead. It's like watching young people take something that adults do, but them doing it, I don't want to say better but putting their own spin on it to where it's more fun to watch. It feels more relatable and more at home to other right. people. Cause when you mentioned that, like you don't have to, you know, be rich. You don't have to have like, you know, yeah. high tech camera, like depends, you know, how you, you know, wrestle. Like it could be on a trampoline. It could be, you know, in an actual backyard ring. It could be on the ground. It could be anywhere, you know, it's just, you know, yeah. you have the camera, you have, you know, the boys, hopefully, you know, depends which channel does it sometimes it could feature girls but like what i'm trying to say is you don't need to be you know high class or anything you could just you know pick up a camera yeah. and just you know just start having fun and it, how you mentioned that you know now we're not trying to be better but like we get to you know put our own spin but like yeah. own spin when you say that like that's cool because we don't we get to use our imagination we could use our creativity that like we could see storylines or like bookings or matches that we probably haven't seen before or you know, recently. Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, it goes to show when you think about, you know, Vince McMahon and Tony Khan, any, anything that they book, there's always that group of people that thinks of how they could book it better. Right. And they like to book things themselves. If mm-hmm. you're a backyarder, you get to book whatever you want. It's kind of like my general manager mode, you know? Yeah. But it's like, it's like my GM mode, but it's real. For real. And it's like there's just it's such a something so special that was made that's lasted for so long. Uh huh. It's really hard to wrap your mind around. Like, it's kids doing what adults do. Mm-hmm. And it's it. 
it's something that I think people have kind of lost the art of and people stop caring about. But like, this is where, you know, the, the next generation is coming from. Right. Like, that's, that's what I like about it. Because, you know, in the 2000s, like, there was backyard wrestling. I think it was like late 1990s when, like, people started doing backyard wrestling. But, like, it was like the extreme hardcore wrestling, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, when I first watched it, like, I thought it was, like, dang, like, okay. But, like, now rewatching it, it's like, bro, what are you even doing? Like, you know, I understand, you know, trying to do extreme spots. But, like, I feel like not necessarily that's too much. But, like, it's kind of like telling a story, not, like, yeah, know, using the foreign objects or, you know, using the table, for example. Yeah, which is something that I think is even crazier to think about is, you know, like like you said, people in the 90s, they would, you know, just do – crazy extreme stuff and whatever and people would love it but like mm -hmm. you're having 16 17 18 year olds booking full wrestling shows that are amazing to watch because like start to interrupt but like compare backyard wrestling back then compared to like our backyard wrestling there's a huge gap there's huge yeah you know well they're like they were just wrestling like you know i guess they're trying to put on just being crazy maybe being themselves but like you know you know what i mean but like compared yeah. to our backyard wrestling like we try to be like you know the per maybe not trying to be like them but like kind of mimic but remember yeah trying to have fun while at it because you know how i said earlier like and that's what it was like how you said it's like general manager mode but in real life that's what i like about it yeah there's just something that's like the creativity involved mm-hmm if you have an idea, you can make so much come from that one singular idea. Right. Which, I mean, if you was to ask me, if like, you know, one of my, some of my favorite wrestlers, it, one of them's got to be Randy Orton. Because nice. there's something so simplistic. He doesn't got to do crazy flips. He's not, you know, crazy athletic. It's just wrestling. It's pure wrestling at its finest. Right. And when you look at yarding, it's like, there's people, you know, that do the crazy stuff, but like just, the, you know, the booking and like mm -hmm. watching how younger people are making such big and great shows. Even the editing, like you can't like forget about yeah. the editing. Yeah. It, like now, granted, if I was to try to do edi editing, I'd show how old I am because I have no clue how to do that kind of stuff. Wow. But like it, it like it, the editing, the booking, the wrestlers, like People forget that these are 18, like, like teenagers putting mm -hmm. on this level of wrestling in a right. backyard. That's just, that's insane. And keep in mind, like, like, you know, like, I don't, I don't know how you say, like, you know, backyard channels, let's say that. Like, those are way different compared to, like, you know, your average YouTube channel because, you know, it's your basic, you know, it shows a YouTuber, you know, walking around or, like, you know, doing something for the first time. But, like, our channels, like our pr productions or products, like we're doing a show pretty much. We're trying yeah. to entertain you. And we always have to come up with new materials and like on editing. Like, for example, with ACW, I was one of the bookers. So I have to, you know, keep in charge of, you know, the matches, the storylines. Yeah. Like I have to, you know, try to bring out new people so we could have like, you know, new wrestlers coming in and out. Because when we started, we were kind of we had that mistake where we used the, the same three or four people like weekend and week out. Like back then we couldn't like 
blame ourselves because you know we're just doing it and we didn't know what was best for us but like now right now like you have to come up with like you know good storylines because we think we're thinking differently compared to how we were back then and since i was the editor it was kind of hard because you know like i'm a backyard wrestler i'm a high school student you know i got my personal life i mean luckily i didn't have any relationship problems because i didn't have a relationship which was kind of sad but like it kind of saved me the trouble but like i was all this and the thing that was you know kind of defined me was you know the backyarding because it kind of helped me you know be someone you know like maybe i didn't have you know a role model i was kind of like oh myself like myself was a role model like Derek destroyer like he was you know this goofy you know backyarder who like maybe talks a bunch of trash but like he actually you know cooked cheap gas yeah and you know maybe other people could relate as well. Like what if like, you know, they had, you know, troubles at high school or they had troubles with relationships and they still wanted to do backyarding. Like they would put like a lot of, you know, effort and like, you know, maybe not make time for family just to make, you know, YouTube videos. Like those people, like I got to get credit too because I could relate to those people. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the funniest stories I've had to tell in my entire yarding career was. Okay. There was one week we had off school. I think it was Memorial Day weekend. And my family was planning a big get together, but you know, you know, we was all planning to film the same weekend. So I legitimately had to cancel on family plans to go film back at wrestling for a weekend. Wow! Like this, like you know, the sacrifice that goes into it. Uh huh. And I think, you know, I, I'm probably different than most Jarvis in the sense of mm-hmm. people never got to see what I was actually capable of. Right. You know, most yarders, you know, leave and they kind of like, you know, they're like looking back on a reminiscing. I've, I'm, I've, I don't want to say I've left yarding because, you know, I still think I got gas within the tank to do more, okay. you know, good other channels and that kind of stuff. But like, I've kind of left with more frustration with how our, how the channel ended and how people, you know, how other channels are ending. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's it, like it, I guess it's a mix of the fans and the, like they would. It's not like the fans are demanding, but like the fans would expect that like week after week after week after mm-hmm. week. And it's like the sacrifice and what goes into these videos, no one knows. Mm-hmm. And I would say that, that you know, like I, I've I've been texting you about it, and before the podcast, I even told you that there's a, I got a lot of pent up frustration. Yeah, from from you know the fans that are not demanding, but they're expecting too much of kids doing this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like we said that it's it's incredible the fact that younger teenagers are doing this kind of stuff, but like it's young teenagers, people with full lives, and. Uh-huh. You're expecting something weekly, or even you know twice a week, or some stuff like that. And it's like that's I think the biggest. If first you don't have leaving yarding is that because fans expected so much, mm-hmm. people people would get burnt out on it. Well, now that you said it, that like I've been thinking about what you just said right there, and you know that's true because like I. 
ever since, you know, Backyarding Star with ACW, like, I kind of saw that not necessarily as a hobby, but, like, maybe something that's more than a hobby where you kind of, not necessarily you need to do it, but, like, you want to do it. You know, it's just a part yeah. of your life. Uh, lifestyle, I guess. It's just something yeah. that you do when you're in that part of life. But, but what was I going to say? Sorry, my steel chair fell. I don't know why. Gave me a big goosebumps. Hopefully, I don't have to use it tonight. No, but what was I saying? Yeah, younger teenagers doing this. Like, just imagine what they could do, like, in the near future when they have, like, you know, the right. Great, like this. Yeah. It's like. It there there's like so much that can come from yarding alone. Mm-hmm. But I think that people that are doing yarding and people that are watching yarding need to realize that this is supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. If the, the the channel you're watching doesn't put a video out a week, don't be like, you know, spamming them quite like, why didn't you guys upload? Realize, okay, they might have had something going on. Because the mm-hmm. more you expect and the more you demand of people they're going to get burnt out and i think that's where a lot of you know why there's not as many wrestlers trying to make names of themselves and like in the Mm. pro world because they get burnt out as kids right like first of all like you got to give them credit because you know depends you know if they upload you know shows you know not every day but like if they do it you know every week every month probably like there's people that actually like make videos like every three months or so because, you know, they had their lives or like because they can, you know, be able to do it because other people hasn't showed up. Like, you know, remember, people have lives. You can't just yeah. like how you said, you can't like people expect that, you know, next week. But remember, this ain't, you know, actual, you know, shows or actual companies. Yeah. These are just, you know, teenagers just, you know, doing this not only for fun, but it's just something that they enjoy doing. Yeah. And, I mean, I think if the audience was bigger, and, I mean, honestly, if people, like, you know, the yarding companies were maybe making money off of this kind of stuff, then it'd be different. But, right. like, we, I mean, if, if WBA's made any money, it's little to none. Mm-hmm. And it's most the money we do make probably ended up going back into buying, you know, kendo sticks and chairs and that kind of stuff. Exactly. Like, there's not much that backyarders get from backyarding other than like the experience but then when mm-hmm. people start from the outside are nagging about they like you should up you should upload this week mm-hmm. then it loses the fun sense of it and it loses the point of what backyarding is and just by you know demanding videos can, mm-hmm. can can kill off the next generation of wrestlers that come from yarding right no, like, I'm sure, like, you know, I think a problem that we kind of had with ACW, because at the start, we, we, we thought of the idea, you know, doing backyard wrestling, you know, making shows and whatnot, but we kind of also had the idea of making money, but yeah, we also, we also had fun at it, don't get me wrong, but like, you know, when you're younger, you know, you kind of want to, you know, be thinking, oh, I want to make money out of this. I mean, it's possible, like, don't get me wrong, yeah. but it's possible you can make money out of YouTube, it just, you know, depends how you pull it off or how much effort you put behind it so you know when you're after acw existence you know we'll be making you know matches but like sometimes we even had people that saying hey when are we gonna get paid or whatnot like what they don't know like what they don't know about me you know not only i was you know 
the one of the bookers, but I was, you know, one of the guys that would put like, you know, money into ACW because I thought that the other people would, you know, put the same effort as I would be doing to them, you know, but like I'll be, you know, spending money on cakes because sometimes we have like, you know, we'll be celebrating about, you know, the one year or like, you know, years of existence or, you know, if, if it's someone's birthdays, like I'll be like, you know, buying new chairs, a new table, new camera equipment, yes. new stuff like that. But like yeah. other people from like my federation, they wouldn't put, you know, they wouldn't chip in or something like that because I w not necessarily I would expect them to do it. But like if they don't, you know, help me, you know, pay for some stuff, but and they kind of ask me, hey, you know, you promise you're going to do this. So where is it? It kind of like defeats the yeah. purpose of doing it for fun. Yeah. Like it's good to put money behind it so you could like, you know, have some material to work with. But like if let's say your crew, you know, kind of has issues with you, then that's kind of like what frustrates me. Like I'm sure, you know, not only you, but like other people could relate that, you know, sometimes there'll be some frustrations between one another. Yeah. That, I mean, if, if you want to go into it later or whatever, um, there's like, there were so many booking opportunities to like, you know, to put me in bigger. Um, I don't know. You probably don't probably remember. But there was a time when WWE had like a, a wrestler of the year awards kind of thing. Oh, okay. And, uh, Whenever the votes came in, we was expecting Carson to win by a landslide, Luke to get second, me get third, Dylan get fourth, right? Mm -hmm. But after we got all the uh, the votes in, I like easily won first place. Okay. I think I actually doubled the second place votes. So like it was it was a, a landslide, but after that, we just kind of they like you know because that's that was when I stopped booking, they didn't touch on that, that I was the fan favorite mm -hmm. and just kind of let it sit. Right. And then they was putting Carson and Luke in a world title match and Carson and Luke. And meanwhile, I was sitting there kind of, you know, questioning how I just won wrestler of the year and we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to book based off how the fans feel. And I just kind of sat in the mid card for another year or two, just kind of watching. Mm -hmm. And it's, it has definitely led to some frustrations between friends and people that's booking the shows, which I would say is probably the biggest thing that causes frustration other than the fans is that, like, I believe personally, you know, you, you read off all the accolades, and I will say I'm grateful for the opportunities I was given, but, like, I was capable of giving so much more than a mm -hmm. mid-card for five years, you know? And I won't say, you know, where because that stuff's going to be, you know, secret and stuff like that. But I have been looking into going to other companies okay, and, vis and visiting other people because it's like the way that WWE ended was on such a bad note. And the like, I feel like I just wasted five years, like as in I could be could have been used more. Mm -hmm. I have way too much left. Right. And I'm not gonna, I'm not going to let frustrations with other bookers you know, hold me back. So, you know, you got to cut the ties with them and expand to new opportunities and other companies elsewhere. Right. Like it's not necessarily, you know, it's best for business, but sometimes it's, you know, to, it's good to do what's best for you. Like it's not called, you know, being selfish. It's just called being self-interest, you know, like 
you don't want to be doing something that not, you know, make you look good. But like, it's good to do something that would like, you know, not only make yourself look good, but like, oh, have, you know, a better motion with you if you keep going with it, you know? Yeah, which um, I think I, it's not, okay, I don't even really know if I have the kind of, you know, the right to say, it, but WWE had filmed more than allowed to because it's been, I don't know how many months since we've uploaded last, but we had filmed content for like months. Our comp, like, you know, the, the channel wasn't supposed to end until like, I would say this summer. Okay. And it ended last summer. Wow. And I don't know if you had seen it, but I was, you know, putting stuff on my wrestling um, account and stuff. Like, you know, I put the 9-26-21 date. Yeah, I the, remember I saw that not long ago. Yeah, and it's, you know, people was questioning it. You know, I kept what you're saying, waving bye to the company or whatever. And I guess, you know, I'm going to come forward and say now it, it was all a work. Mm-hmm. all the work i was staying with the company but what the plan was was that since i was a glorious case glorious case holder i was supposed to get become a free agent right disappear for a month and i was supposed to return patch in my briefcase win the world Cup title and have another six month long reign and then end the company as champion mm-hmm. but as story would have it we had a filming that was filming my title reign and due to really everyone being burnt out because the setup of the weekend that we spent the film it was all was terrible so everyone just said that they don't we don't we like we they said we don't feel like filming anything okay so my 6 month long title reign that was supposed to justify me waiting 5 years for Gabriel White to get this opportunity all got scrapped Wow. All of it thrown away. That must only, be horrible, to be honest. Yeah, well, it that and that's the thing I was talking with frustrations. Mm-hmm. The only thing that we filmed about was two matches with Corey Bacon, and I filmed one match with Res Gainer, and those three matches never got uploaded. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about frustrations and why I kept telling you like my story about WWA is going to be, you know, interesting mm-hmm. is you look at, you know, Carson Michaels, you look at Lucas Jackson, all these people that have gotten this opportunity. I was the only one of the only people that was begging to be on this YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. I was one of the most, you know, promising younger stars on the channel as, you know, as we put it. And then I waited on the mid card, I had that year long reign with Legion Black that, you know, like my, my demon character. Right? Mm-hmm. But it, what people don't know is that not even two months into the reign, I was miserable mm-hmm. emotionally, like emotionally and mentally because showing up extra early to taping is putting on the, the, the makeup and put it like, you know, screaming all the time and playing a demon is really great. Mm-hmm. And I would I had to do that for a whole year, and it's like I had to keep waiting for you know Gabriel White, the character that I've been putting so much effort into, to finally get that world title reign. Mm-hmm. And finally, when all of it was to come to fruition, finally to get that big moment, 
mm-hmm. everything got thrown in the trash can. Man, I wish you could find. I wish. I mean, I don't know how big your city is, but like, I mean, is your is you guys is like city pretty big, or is it like an average or small town, or it's well, where we live is super small town, like okay, incredibly small town. Mm-hmm. We're right, you know, we're like an hour from Cincinnati, which is a huge city, wow. but um, it's like when I, you know, I kept telling you, I, you know, over text, I was like, my story is not what people's going to expect. You know, when people were texting me, whenever we had an announced I was going to be on the podcast or whatever, they would expect me to come out over, like, you know, come on the podcast and say stuff about, you know, how much fun it was and how, you know, good of a run it was. But mm-hmm. to me, I feel like I just wasted five years. Wow. Because when I finally got my big opportunity, everything got scrapped. No, because the reason why I asked that is because, like, I'm not saying this, like, booking-wise, but, like, in a, you know, backyard federation, like, you need you need talent, you know? You need, like, backyarders. Yeah. Because, you know, you need them to, you know, help with the storylines. Because if you don't have any backyarders, you know, then there's like no really a point of you know having a backyard channel. Yeah, because we live in these, I guess not exactly a big town, maybe like a city because we have like twenty seven thousand people in our city. Yeah, and I mean I don't know it's a lot because because I know my town and it's not pretty huge. Like we have downtown and that's it because I live in a trailer park and it's like the south of you know the town. Yeah, because. Like, like we always wanted to recruit new people. Like, sure, we may have found people that are interested, but they never had a chance to show up. Maybe they didn't want to, or maybe they changed their minds. But, yeah. like, like with ACW, I kind of had a problem because let's, like, we had this wrestler who, you know, won the ACW champion, and he was, you know, 149 days. So he was the longest reigning champion at the time. And he won the champion. He made an appearance the next episode. But he hasn't showed up ever since. To us, yeah. you know, that was like a punch in the nut, you know? Because yeah. why would he win the champion but no longer, you know, be on the channel? Like, yeah, like on some channels, like a lot of kids or teenagers, they want to be the champion because, you know, that's it's just something cool. It's like a trophy, you know? You're like yeah. the champion of the channel. But this dude, the person that was the champion, like he didn't even care, which kind of sucked. I'm like. Hey, but like, bro, you're the champion. Why wouldn't you care? Like, you know, you're that means you're kind of like the head of the channel. And he just never talked to us ever since. We try to, you know, recruit him, but you know, so yeah. what we did to improvise, I won the ACW champion again, which I mean, I guess it's kind of like, you know, changing, changing titles. I guess it's good because we needed a new champion that needed a wrestler that was, you know, a part of ACW that, you know, you'll be. You'll be seeing him, you know, every week. Yeah. So, you know, we have another wrestler. He'll win the ACW champion. You know, he'll, he, I think we, I think he beat the the world champion record that we had, the 149 days. So, he, yeah. he won the champion. He'll show up the next episode. He'll have another match, show up the episode after that. Then he won't be a part of it anymore. He's the kind of person that won't be a part of it unless if you kind of bribe him. Which yeah, to us, like that's that's not the point. Like we won't pay you to be a part of it because this is for fun. We're doing it for fun. Yeah. And he was kind of the person that, as I mentioned earlier, that is kind of in it for the money, 
which I mean I can't blame him because you know a lot of people would want to do that, but don't don't get yeah. me wrong like like for example like your statement that you wanted to be a part of it because it looks so fun, like if we had like your kind of people in my town like that would have just been awesome because like yeah. we wouldn't want to book you badly because if you're like kind of like dedicated to it or if you really want to be a part of it then like we'll have like a great time with you but like with these people that kind of you know had problems with us it kind of like you know we'll, we'll have an issue right there so after that after this kid wouldn't want to be in acw without you know bribing him or something i had to win the acw champion again so i was the first ever three-time champion like what people don't know behind the behind the scenes like, sure, I may have been the first person to win the ACW champion two times, but to me, like, I never wanted to be, the you know, the three-time champion because I wanted to let other people know. And sure, I might be, you know, overrated because the way of booking, but, like, remember, like, I'm not trying to have bad booking. It's just, like, the people that are making the problem. Yeah. Like, that's the reason why we have to change it. And, I mean, sure, I might, you know, be the head of ACW, which, I mean, I guess it's kind of good to, you know, have, but, like, I don't, I don't, I wish there was a way we could have changed it. I wish we could have had, you know, these five people being, like, the pillars of ACW, but it's just, it's kind of hard, like, people kind of, like, screwed you over, and when you have to book it, because not a lot of people will feel, like, you know, not a lot of people are dedicated to the work you put in as you, you know, like, for example, like, yeah. I'll be the kind of person that will be wrestling on the snow, not only because it's a fun idea, but like we, not ne- not necessarily we have to, but like it's kind of like our responsibility. Like let's say that because a lot of people think that you know we have to make videos every week. It's not that we have to. It's just you know it's kind of like our responsibility because we have like a fan base that supports us and we can't let them down unless if we could yeah. like you know come up with something where like hey unfortunately we couldn't do it, but like you know hang on till like two more weeks and we have like you know a big show or whatnot. Yeah, like. From the story I just told you, like, well, a lot of, not a lot of people know, like, they may think that, you know, oh, this guy puts himself over every time. The story is, I, I was never meant to do that. Like, not even, you know, personally, like, I would have never done that. But, like, the way they left us, you know? Yeah. Then, like, oh. that's just something that I, ne- I, not necessarily I never liked my run in ACW, but, like, there's just some parts where, Man, I shouldn't have done that, but I had to, and it wasn't pretty to, you know, do it. Yeah. Um, well, I think one of the biggest people that kind of embody what you was talking about was uh, Nate Miles. He was one of our, you know, top IC champs for a minute there, and he w- showed a lot of promise. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he was for the most part fun to be around, mm-hmm. and we had built him up for months. And the people, you know, all the fans were, you know, begging us to put the title on him, put the title on him. Put the, and we finally did. The day we put the title on him was the last time we saw the dude in the company. Dang. And it's like you you build someone up so much and you invest so much time and so much effort just for them to dip, right? And just for them to leave and to give up. And it's like you see people like that, right? the people that aren't committed, that are getting these opportunities. And then it makes me even more angry because it's like, I was at WWA for, I think this October would have been six years. Okay. Uh, no, five years. 
this actually would have been five years. And it's like, you work for a company for so long, and then you don't get the opportunity. With you, you know, you've had to put the title on yourself because someone left, right? Mm-hmm. People's, people's going to say, you know, you're overrated. You keep putting the title on yourself, okay? They don't know the full story. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, sometimes you shoot yourself in the foot because you try to throw the title on someone that the fans want, but that you know long-term won't be useful. Mm-hmm. So, like, again, the, the frustration that I have, and it's not just with WWE. I'm, I, you know, me and Carson and Luke, me and Luke still text an insane amount. And we, we, you know, we hang out with each other. And, I mean, Carson's a really good friend. It's like the booking and the way that everything happened with the company mm-hmm. and, like, with the channel. It's like, it's one hand frustrating that it all just crumbled whenever I got my opportunity, but it also is so painful to hear about because it's like, I'm 16. And I'm, I've still got a lot of energy and a lot of yarding left in me. But now right. you look at it and it's like, I don't have an, I don't have a home channel to go to. I know that only, feeling. Yeah. And the only channels that I could go to are in States that are hours and hours of a drive. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know if you remember when uh, Luke and Carson and them first went to MBBW. They went there uh, years ago. No I was supposed to go down there, but I wasn't um, like I was supposed to go with my dad. My dad was working that weekend, but he was off work the next weekend and it was full ready to drive me up to Michigan. They were filming, you know, that one weekend, then they had a break. Than like the weekend that I was supposed to go up, Tommy Gunn decided just to cancel anything that I had, and his words were quote, "If he was a Matt Thunder or Jack Delta level guy, I would move their taping for, but he's not good enough." Wow, and it's like I know I can out wrestle plenty of people in the yard. Now mm-hmm. there's. There's plenty of guys I have a ton of respect for, mm-hmm. but what I told you know, you know Luke, when if I you know I do plan on getting trained, I want to be considered the five tool player. Mm-hmm. I'm fantastic, you know. I I don't try to prop myself up, but I'm I'm better than most in the ring. I'm better than most mm-hmm. in wrestling. I'm better than most on the mic. I'm better than most carrying myself, right? Mm-hmm. But the reason why that no one ever considered me at, at that level was because I was never given the booking to be on that level. And it's like, I mean, we've already gone for over an hour, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I could sit for days and just depict on how I was screwed out of opportunity after opportunity. And it's like, you look at the name Gabriel White, and you know, I don't want to say I'm a household name. But I'm pretty popular in the backyard circuit, right? Because when I when I hear your name, I feel like you know he he's got the moves. You know, like if you give him a match with any other wrestler, like he'll probably may not win the match. Like depends how booking it is, but like he'll be like he'll be like dang, like you know he you know he kicked ass throughout the match. You know, yeah. The one thing that I've always tried to pride myself on, you know, I've faced people like Scotty Miller, people like 
you know, um, is, I think I forget even forget what we called him. It was like Quentin something, Quentin mm-hmm. Tyler. People like that you can't work with. They've never wrestled. They have no clue what they're doing. Right. But the thing that I always like to carry with my name is that I've never had a bad match. Mm-hmm. It's always a watchable good match. Right. And it's like being in the mid card, right? You get to face more, you know, more variety of talent. But it's like I could have, you know, I. There's so many matches I still want to do, but it's like I could have been a legend in the yard, but mm-hmm. because of the way that I was booked, I was just forced to sit on the sideline for five years. That's horrible. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying, like, I want to f- experience, you know, what you felt, but, like, to me, I was the booker, so, like, you know, I was in charge of how our show went, but, like, it was kind of hard because I wanted to, like, you know, be be a backyarder instead of, you know, being a booker because those two are, like, I mean, I think you were a booker as well, but, like, being, you know, a booker and, you know, a wrestler, you know, are, are pretty much different because I always wanted to experience, you know, someone telling you, okay, you are going to have a match with him, you know. Then from yeah. there, you get to tell the story. But, like, once you're being told, hey, you know, you're off the main event, like, sure, it might be like, bro, like, why? Like, you know, I was doing so good. The fans, you know, like me. They want to see me. Now you're pulling me out. Like, why? But, like, what I'm trying to say is, you know, being able to, like, not actually, like, run it, but, like, just being able to, like, you know, participate, like, that's just a great feeling to do. Like, it's yeah. a shame I never actually had a chance to experience something like that. But, like, like, I know you didn't have, you know, the experience that you wanted, but, like, at least you had, you know, some moments, like, matches, like, you know that you did your best, how you never had a bad match. Sure, they might not, it might not have been, like, you know, the 10 out of 10 match, but, like, you know, you yeah, did your best, exactly. and that's what matters. Yeah. That's like, why. Go okay, ahead. You, yeah, you can go on. I interrupt. Okay, okay. Because what I was going to say is, like, in ACW, like, I'm, like, almost, not almost in every match, but, like, you, you get the concept. Like, I'm in the match. Yeah. I may yeah. win. I may lose. But, like, because to me, like, I don't see other people kind of carrying the show, carrying the company as yeah. I did. I'm not saying that because, you know, I'm the best at whatever. But I'm just saying that because, like, I wanted people not only to lose faith or interest in in the product that we're producing, but, like, I want to show them that, you know, just because, you know, one guy is not giving their effort in this match doesn't mean you have to give up on the match because the other guy's, you know, he's outselling or, you know, outperforming whatever. Because yeah. that was kind of our problem with ACW. Sure, we may have, you know, the guys, but they wouldn't, you know, sh- let's say we do a spot and they're going to end up bursting, you know, they end up laughing. But I can't blame them because it's for fun, you know, but like sometimes yeah. I want to try to make it look serious, but I wouldn't like force them to. You know, like me and my friends, like we're too like close. We're too, you know, good friends who like just, you know, be too serious because we always have a good time. And that's the point of it. Having the fun time. But yeah, like there's a difference between, you know, having fun and like, you know, backyarding. I wouldn't say like being too serious because that's like in a professional level. But like being, you know, having fun from backyarding, it's kind of like up there because you could be yourself, but like you have to be yourself enough to, you know, actually be looked at from a fan's point of view. Because if you, if a fan's looking at you right now, like, sure, there might be some botches, but like that's the point of it. It's about having fun. Hopefully, it's not like a bad 
botch that, you know, ends up, like, you know, injuring yourself or whatnot. But, like, if it's a botch where, like, you try to do a suplex, but, like, you know, you trip yourself and, like, hopefully nobody gets hurt. And it's, like, if it looks like it's funny, you know, you laugh because, you know, it, it happens to everybody. Like, you're just having yeah. a fun time. But, like, when you're having a match and you're, you know, outselling them and when they're tr- when it's your turn to, like, you know, start beating up the heel and the heel is not actually, like, you know, selling it good, it actually, like, you know, ticks you off because it's kind of making you look bad in front of the yeah. camera. And you can't just say, you know, oh, he's not, you know, maybe he's not feeling well. Maybe that's why he's not selling right. But, like, you have to, you know, when you're on camera, you're different compared to, like, yeah. you know, me, me and you when we're on the podcast, you know, we're just being ourselves. We're expressing from the heart. But when we're on camera, not only we're expressing from a heart, but like, you know, we're giving the blood, the sweats, the tears to, you know, not necessarily yeah. outper- outperform each other, but, you know, just trying to be the best. Not exactly the better between us, but like just just doing our best, just, you know, providing the yeah. fans what they, you know, would want to see. Yeah, I think that's the reason why I step I stopped booking the shows because like. I would book the, you know, I'd, I'd help, you know, Luke and Carson book, and I would be so involved that I kind of like lost the sense of what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So then I kind of told them, I said, I don't want to book. I just want to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Tell me what to do. I'm going to go on screen and I'm going to perform my heart out. Okay. So, and like I say, I never had a bad match. I never, I, I'm not saying I've always had five star matches. I thought I probably have had you know a few three star matches. Mm-hmm. You can't always be perfect, but there's like a sense of if you are consistently at a level facing these people that won't sell, these people that won't try to help you. If you're still consistently being at, like at, at a, just at another leap at this kind of stuff, there should be opportunity. And that's the kind of the biggest thing that I've been trying to tell other people when they ask me about why WA ended so poorly and why I don't have many good things to say about how the channel ended because I hate when opportunity just is thrown away. Mm-hmm. It's like you go on camera and like you were saying, you have to be someone else on camera. Mm-hmm. And it's like to cons and it's kind of like you're living another life. Right. You're at home and you're this, you know, I would say, you know, at, at home and backstage, I'm like the, you know, happy-go-lucky, like I'm a jokey kind of person. Mm-hmm. But when I, whenever I get on camera, I was a jerk, right? I was straight serious. And it's you're living two different lives and you're committed to it for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's like seeing opportunities slip and go down, like, and just like leave. It's something that, like, it just leaves you with a bad taste in your mouth. Okay. Well, no, because when you, like, from all the episodes, from the all the episodes of Beyond the Yard, I'm liking this one because, and it, like, to me, like, an average Beyond the Yard episode, like, we're talking about, like, you know, their best matches or, like, you know, their origin stories or, like, you know, their future goals. But, like, with this episode, like, what I'm, vibing with this one is that like not only we get to you know tell the people behind the stories but like we get to tell people how we felt you know yeah 
there's because, like on camera, it, like people see us, you know, like we're like, you know, the heel in the in the channel where, you know, the champion or like we're we're this and that. But like behind the behind the, you know, camera, not a lot of people know our frustrations, like how you said, yeah. like I was supposed to be, you know, the main event, but like they pull it from me. Sure, on camera they'd be like, "Oh, you know, he's not gonna be in the main event." Oh well, let's see what happens in the future. But like that moment, you're like, you put this so much effort, and they're not looking at you how you know you should be looked at. Then that's just you know wrong, man. Yeah, and you know, of course, I'm not. You know, I don't want to say this and portray a bad light. You know, to how I would like to the bookers. I don't. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. But like when people. Because people, you know, have been curious about the story, my side of the story for a long time. Because, I mean, you look at all the people involved in WWE, right? And all these people had a, you know, a long tenured career, at least that wanted one. Mm -hmm. But I'm the one black sheep of the yard. I'm the one that is constantly overlooked. And I'm always trying to, you know, trying to grab that attention. I'm always, I want to be the main event. I want to be that. I, I've heard, you know, a lot of good things about this podcast, you know, people saying their favorite matches, you know, and mm-hmm. I would dare say, I don't have a favorite match. I love them all. Right. Mm-hmm. I love working. I would, I don't think there's anyone I'd probably complain with working with. I worked with, with some stiff people, but like, I loved everyone that I worked with. I loved everything about the art, except for the fact that you built something that took half of a decade mm-hmm. and, and one weekend based off of one booking decision, five years or of, of your life just came tumbling down in a minute, just like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if, you know, I, I, you know, we're, we're going pretty long, but like, if I, if I ever come back on the podcast, you know, ask, you know, ask me the top, my top 10 favorite wrestlers, the top 10 guys I love to work with my top 10 matches, you know, and mm-hmm. I have, all those things. it's not that I'm saying I hate yarding because I mean, I think one of the biggest things that people are going to be questioning is if I'm done yard. Mm-hmm. And the, the answer is simply no. I still right. have a lot left in the gas tank. Mm-hmm. And even the other things where I can't be a wrestler, I'll, I'll manage. I'll right. be an on-screen personality. It's like I have worked way too long and way too hard to let this opportunity die and just sit there and, and cry over. So if, the, if there's kind of one message I want to portray, it's that yarding isn't fun all the time. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be, but there's, there's stress. There's friendships that go bad. There's all these bad things, but it's like, you know, I don't know if you – after he got fired from WWE. Yeah, I remember that. A, you don't just quit. You, bad booking ruined five years of my yarding career. That's not mm-hmm. over. I'm right. not done yet. If you got like, more left, in, mm-hmm. if you got more left in the gas tank, then keep going. Mm-hmm. Right? There's, yeah. you know, there's so many opportunities that I still want to embark upon. Mm-hmm. But it's like I just want people to know the reason why that I don't talk a lot about WWA and how it ended was because the reason why the channel mostly ended is because. It all resorted about around my reign and my ending of the company, and they scrapped it. And there's nothing to build upon. Right. Well, now that you mentioned that, like, 
that's true. Like you've done all this and that, you feel like, um, like you're not you're not finished with what you started. Like maybe you didn't end it off how you wanted to end off, and you know that's fine because you know it happened. You know, like maybe it didn't happen because you wanted to, but maybe it happened because you know the way things ended. But that doesn't mean you could just give up right away. Like what I like about Drake Maverick, like he's not your average, you know, wrestler. He's not like, you know, a big wrestler. Sure. Yeah. He's, you know, his gimmick is, you know, different, but like, that's what I like about him because he's not, you know, an average wrestler and, you know, his release video, like that hit me because, you know, he's just a guy that, you know, cares about, you know, what he's doing and just being, you know, released, you know, that's just a guy's, you know, nightmare. Cause you don't want to experience yeah. something like that, especially from, you know, something that you enjoy doing. Yeah. It's, and I think he put it, he, he put it best. No one can fire you from wrestling. Mm-hmm. No one can stop you. There will always be another opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. With the thing that happened with WWE, right? It's a major roadblock. Cause it's like, it makes you question if it's worth it to get back up. Right. Mm-hmm. You work so long and hard and nothing. And it's like, right. do I really want to try this again? Do I really want to give another go at it? Do I really want to try and have a, one more dream match? Do I want to have one more segment to prove why I'm why I think I should be the best? But then you mm-hmm. look at the grand scheme of things, it's like right now, I'm not gonna say that I'm the most interesting person in the yard, but mm-hmm. people are really curious on how my story's gonna end. Right. There's so many yarders that you know have gone pro. There's so many yarders that have just quit yarding and they're kind of done and fans don't worry about that my story people can tell isn't over it's like they want to know where to go from here and i feel like it's a disservice to what i'm trying to say and what i'm trying to you know prove by quitting Mm -hmm. if people think if people think that you could give more and you know you can give more then just go give more right like the moment i dislocated my knee like like, I never experienced anything like that before. And especially in the leg, because that's the worst injury you want to have on the leg. Because yeah. with the leg, you walk, you know, from point A to B. And, you know, that's where you need your strength from, like, you know, jumping from the top rope or, like, you know, holding a person that's really heavy. But, you know, when I just look at my knee, like, when I was, you know, on the way to the hospital, because they picked me up from the ambulance on the trampoline. And, you know, it was pretty funny because, you know, I've never been in the ambulance you know, I have to be, you know, I actually have to, they put, you know, stretcher onto a trampoline like that plastic yeah. thing. I don't know what's called, but anyways, you know, they put me onto the ambulance from the trampoline. And to me, I thought it was funny because, you know, I was like joking. I was joking to them. I was like, so this is what professional wrestlers feel like when they get injured in the wrestling ring. So anyways, yeah. I was, you know, on the way to the hospital, I was in ambulance and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, is this how I'm going to go out? Especially yeah. the moment, because I drove six hours to a different state to have my dream match, to have, you know, my crossover moment, just to get an injury that, you know, could have been prevented, could have not, you know, who knows, you know? Yeah. But, you know, I was like thinking like, maybe it may not, I may not have expressed it on the outside, but inside I was going with a lot of emotions because in the beginning of the year, on January the 
you know, the first day of January, I made a, the 2020 promo where, you know, I call out Maximus Strowman, I call out Matt Thunder, I call out Jake Frost, I call out Caution from TWF, where we get to him in a bit. But so I call out these wrestlers from these federations, and which at the time, you know, the wrestlers from their federations, you know, before they went pros or before, you know, they stopped backyarding, they existed or like, you know, they were still active. But like when I was, you know, Looking at my knee, I was thinking to myself, like, I don't want to lie to the fans and saying that I can't do this anymore because I don't know, you know, well, what would be my outcome? Like, I would still would love to do this. I would still love to finish what, what I started, like, in my head, what I try to vision, what I try to show to the people that, you know, what I want to do. Because, sure, I may have been a booker to my own show, which, you know, it's, it's not exactly a good thing. Or a bad thing, but like it's just complicated to myself. Yeah, because not only you know I had my own show, but I wanted to do my that would you know be involved yeah. with other channels. So it's like a crossover, but you're you're crossovering yourself to other other federations. To you're trying to promote yourself to other federations, which I mean at the time people are conflicting or like they're conflicting with that. They're saying, "Oh, look at this!" Just because you call using our name or using you know big action just to call us out things that you know you're worthy but like it's kind of hard to you know promote yourself without being criticized and you know yeah. criticize is not always bad because that would help you you know keep pushing forward but when i try to call them out i'm not calling them out so i could you know sound tough or anything i'm calling them out because not necessarily get noticed but like actually like get their attention because if i could get their attention you know i i want to communicate with this person personally so we could talk about what we could do so we could be able to work to each other with each other and see what we could you know do not only you know for our fan base but you know what we could pull off and like if people enjoy it then probably you know do a rematch next year or something like that yeah but you know ever since i got dislocated when i was wearing my knee brace i had to you know made a episode of ACW where you know I was kind of not necessarily retiring but I was going to be out of action which kind of sucked because in ACW I was like the guy that would put a lot of effort behind it but when the guy that puts a lot of effort behind it and he's not competing anymore at the time then like people kind of lose interest because I'm I wasn't trying to make myself you know the top star the point was like making other people the top star just but the problem was they wouldn't, you know, put the effort that I did. And, you know, I, I wouldn't say it was my problem because I didn't train them. But, like, they just didn't want to, if that makes sense. Yeah. But luckily, you know, my once my leg was, like, almost healed but not 100%, I did my best to actually, like, you know, come back to backyard wrestling. Like, yeah. sure, I may not have done the exact same stuff that I used to do, like, where I used to pick up people because our trampoline was, like, built different because we put like mattresses under it so not only it could support but like we could actually like be able to stand on a trampoline instead of that yeah. you know bouncing maneuver but on JNA's trampoline like their trampoline was like so trampoline I don't know if that's even a real word but like their trampoline was so bouncy that it wasn't as stiff as our trampoline was probably that was my yeah. fault because I got so used to it with that but I came back and you know I kind of felt great about it because like, to me, I like to watch my own product because it just feels cool, you know? Like, if you yeah. get to watch yourself, you know, 
on YouTube channel or on TV. That's what I like to call YouTube sometimes. When you get to see yourself on the screen, then that just feels good because, you know, not only you created this, but like hopefully other W that are part of ACW, when they see themselves, like they sometimes they'll be thinking like, wow, like, you know, that's pretty like cool. Like I actually did that. Like, wow. It's just like a cool feeling. It's kind of hard to explain. Yeah. For someone's different point of view compared to my point of view, because I see their point of view differently than mine, because not only I see, you know, my product, you know, doing well, but like I also want to see it as a fan's point of view. I want to see, you know, yeah. Derek Destroyer versus, you know, the Atomic Adam in a one-on-one match. Like I want to see that happen, but it's kind of hard because I have to make that happen. And if it doesn't happen, then not only it screws, you know, my booking over, but like it screws up, you know, the potential you know, matches that we could have had or, like, the future storylines that we could have had afterwards. But 2020 was, you know, just a bad year to do it. Luckily, you know, next year, you know, hopefully everybody got better. Uh, we had, you know, you know, with the virus that was going around at the time, it was, you know, pretty dangerous because we never felt anything like this. But next year, I, I had my dream match. I don't know if you ever saw it. It was, you know, Derek Destroyer versus Caution. I don't know if you heard of that match before. I I heard about the match. I don't know if I ever saw the match though. Okay, so that match was three years in the making. We started it, I think, in 2019. So like we throughout our channels, we were feuding with each other. So, like we'll make comments like, hey Derek Destroyer, if you're watching this, you know, pay attention. Or you'll caution, you think you're all this and that. What are you doing? Let's do it our match, you know, this summer. Because the original plan was for him to travel to us, but, you know, that didn't happen. So, yeah. next year, my plan was to travel to him, but not only my leg got dislocated, but, you know, COVID happened. But the year after that, 2021, like, I talked to him because me and him were great friends. Like, even though we never met each other, like, we were just, you know, backyard, you know, friends. I think, you know, that's what brought us together. And the moment we actually saw each other, like, it was like a friendship. That was meant to happen. Yeah. So we had our match, and boy, what could I tell you? It's a match that I never experienced anything like that. I wouldn't call it a five-star match because I wouldn't like to, you know, rate it myself. I mean, it was pretty good, like, no doubt about it. It was a match I never had before. But, like, I would also like to see what other people thought of the match because, you know, I would like to share, you know, I want to share their thoughts with mine to see, you know, what they think of. And it's good to hear feedback. But that's what I always wanted to try to do is do a crossover because back then everybody wanted to do crossovers because it would like not only help their channels, but it would help, you know, the fan base. People could be like, wow, like the multiverse is real, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right. But like, cr like backyard crossover, like that was our version of the multiverse. Yeah. Because we got to, you know, witness something that, you know, in backyard wrestling community has never witnessed before. Yeah, I will I'll go right ahead. I'll say that uh, people like you know I've had so many you know dream matches and people I've had the pleasure of facing, mm. but the people that I think have are are the not I don't say the biggest inspiration to me, but I think convinced me the most to keep pushing forward. Mm -hmm. I mean, I three people I'd probably say right now. That's right. Matt Thunder. I mean, it's now Kyler Coleman on the pros. Mm -hmm. uh, Eddie Bannon. 
and Joe Arabis. Okay. If you know the three things about those people, those are the three dream matches that we've that we've never gotten to see. Well, wow. I've heard, I've heard, I don't want to say hundreds, but I've heard plenty of people tell me that me versus Matt Thunder will go down as the greatest dream match that never happened. Man, I would love to see that. To be honest, like I would have just you know got the bag popcorn, you know, pop a bag of popcorn and just watched it. You know, I want to yeah. see it happen, but and I hate you know when things don't happen, it just sucks. Yeah, and you know, me and him, you know, have I've talked to you know Matt about it, or I mean Zach, but about like you know having this dream match, and we you know we it ne- it just never happened, mm-hmm. and you know. Me and Eddie Bannon, we had a huge match plan, but it never happened. Okay. You know, me and Joe Arabis had this big match plan that was mm-hmm. supposed to be filmed that weekend that the company went under or whatever. And it's okay. like those three people motivate me so much because it's like that's what I need to get to. Mm-hmm. And it's like a it's a it's a finish line that keeps moving away from you. To, okay. And it motivates you to keep running towards it. Right. The only way I will ever face Matt Thunder in this in the history of the world is if I keep going right now, I get trained and I go to Michigan and find him somewhere on the indie circuit. And it's I like mean, it's, it's not possible. I mean, it's not impossible. Like anything could happen, you know. Like if you work for it, yeah, anything is possible. It, it there's but there's so much work to be done. I know. It's like imagine if people see. Gabriel White versus Kyler Coleman, mm-hmm. you know, that dream, it, 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 there's so much left to accomplish. And it's right. like, what, what are you working toward? It's like, I'm working towards three matches that may never happen. Right. You know, people like Owen Orion, Owen Orion, in my opinion, is going to go down as a great, as the most underrated wrestler of all time. Mm-hmm. People like, you know, um, Ken Havoc, right? Jack mm-hmm. Delta. People that have greatly inspired me. I think that, you know, since Delta is still, you know, squirming around on the, you know, backyard wrestling circuit somewhere, I think me and Delta could have one more go at it. Right. And it's like, there's still so much left to accomplish. And it's not as much what you have accomplished or what's happened in the past. It's what are you working towards? Mm-hmm. And personally, I'm picking a goal that I might not never see. I right. don't know if me and Matt Thunder's ever gonna have the dream match. If he even if he does see this, I don't know if that's ever gonna happen. But that's what right. I'm gonna work towards because it makes you keep pushing and going for further. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I mean, I could. Re- I mean, I wouldn't say I could relate because, you know, to me. I wouldn't classify myself, you know, as a top guy. Sure, I was the top guy of ACW from, you know, people's point of view. But, like, I wasn't really – well, I, to me, I felt like I wasn't really the top, you know, backyard wrestler. I mean, sure, I kind of, like, said it because, you know, sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not. But, like, Maximus Roman, Matt Thunder, you know, you know Carson Michaels, for example, you know, they're top guys from their – you know, federations, like, they're well-known because, you know, the the talent, you know, the skills, the performance they do, you know, 
they get yeah. they get to be known as you know not exactly the greatest but like really well known like to me like i don't know if i'll say like what am i well known for you know like yeah like that that's what i kind of feared you know like i never not exactly had the same success because like I wouldn't really want to have the exact same success as there, but like, I want to have my own success. Like I want to, you know, be like them, but like not exactly be like them, but like be, be you, you know? Yeah. But that's just, you know, one thing that I always think to myself every time, you know, I look at like last time I was watching the EBW last stand, like you heard about, you know, their last show. Yeah. So I was watching their last show and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, Wow, I wish, I wish I could have you know been up there, you know, been well known in the community. Like, maybe I am well known in the community. I don't know, like, cause I don't really am a part of the community. If that makes sense, like, sure, you know, yeah. I'm a backyard wrestler. Sure, you know, I'm the creator of this podcast. But like, I don't know if I actually like felt that before. Like Maximus Roman, like, you know, he worked his ass off in EBW because EBW not only you know had great booking. But it had like great matches, great wrestlers, great, you know, whatever. With and EBW, it kind of falls in the same thing as EBW. Like it had like great wrestlers, great storylines, great talents, all that. Like yeah. now that you're telling me with WWA, you know, from your point of view, it's different compared to, you know, Maximus Roman because, you know, he's a top guy. While you said that you're a mid-carder, like I'm not saying that I could relate with you, but like I could understand your frustrations. I yeah. just... I just wish that, not necessarily had, I wish I could start all over, but, like, I just wish, you know, I could have done things differently or, like, you know, done better things. Because, like, to me, I live in Kansas, and that's, like, right in the middle of the United States. When I see the big, you know, federations, they're, like, you know, at the east, eastern side or the western side of the country. But, like, JNA, like, they're... Nebraska, they were like one state on top of us, but like, you know, they're doing pretty good because you know, the the their crew, they were like not exactly consistent, but like, they were you know consistent with each within each other, like they were, you know, perform, you know, respectfully to each other, which in ACW it doesn't it didn't really have that same connection, but yeah, compared to other federations, what I what I just want to say about that is that I just wish, you know. I don't want to let people know my frustrations. Not that it's bad to let them know, but like, I just wish, well, I mean, I would like to share with them, but I just wish, you know, I could have done things differently. I wish Derek Destroyer was, you know, up there with Maximus Strowman, was up there with Matt Thunder, you know, there. I I definitely think that if people know, and again, like, like you, there's so much story left to be told. And I feel like if people like, you know, me and you and Owen O'Ryan were given the the opportunity to prove just how good we really are, mm-hmm. then it would, it would shake the whole landscape of back dressing as we know it. Right. All right. But due to a mix of it being very late and my phone being very low charged, I think, you know, I, and I would love to come back, you know. Oh, definitely like. Just because, you know, we talk for a long time doesn't mean, you know, yeah. this is going to be your only episode. Like, oh, that's yeah. what I love about the podcast because we could keep going and going and going. Now, so I'd love to come back. You know, this episode was kind of morbid, you know, very depressing because 
you know, I kind of shot it straight and said that mm-hmm. my time as the yarder actually wasn't that great. But if you do want to end off with any question, I will answer any question in the world you have for me right now. Okay. Before I answer the question, I just want to say, like, like I like what you said because this ain't your average, you know, podcast episode where, like, yeah. you get to hear, you know, their origin stories or, like, hear about, you know, their success and their federation or, like, what they're going to do, you know, their future goals. But, like, how you said that, this was kind of like a depression, you know. Yeah. Look at it. Like, that's what I like because we get to, you know, tell people how we felt, how we experienced, you know, stuff like that. Because not a lot of people know what we do. It Like, with Matt Dunder, like, he was talking about, you know, that how he is well-known because, you know, he's put a lot of effort behind it. But, like, with you, it's different because you put a lot of effort, but, like, I'm not saying, like, where you are right now, but, like, look what they have done to you, let's say. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I mean... That's just crazy. Like, we've been talking for almost two hours, and, like, we're still not yeah. done. That's crazy. Right. I I will say that, I, I I mean, it does help, you know, when getting this kind of stuff off your chest. But mm-hmm. this stuff is kind of needed for people to realize that yarding isn't smiles and rainbows. Yarding is a lot to take right. in. A lot of it's stress. It's like an iceberg. An iceberg, for example. Yeah. But, all right. Any question in the world you have for me right now, I'll answer it. All if right. you want to everyone do this again you know i'm totally willing to come back but right now one question okay this is gonna be like the one question but this question is gonna be really really big for you are you ready totally all right this could be a two-parter but like i guess i'll save the two-parter for another time but the question i want to ask you gabriel white what got you into professional wrestling Let me try to think of the exact moment. Okay, okay. Go right ahead. All right. So when I was, I would say, seven years old. Wow. I think it was a random episode of Monday Night Raw. I cannot remember. Do you kind remember, remember what was going on? The only thing I remember was John Cena. The only thing I remember. Okay. Little me. Love John Cena with a passion. And then as I got older, I learned more about the industry. You know, mm-hmm. I will open up about this. Most people don't know this. I guess you'd say I'm a church boy, right? You know, I've gone to church my entire life. Okay. My youth pastor actually was a professional wrestler. Wow. And wrestled at, wrestled at this, com- this uh, training facility in northern Cincinnati called Northern Wrestling Federation. That's where people like Abyss, people like Carl Anderson, people like Chris Harris have come out. I'd say, I'd say I was probably like nine maybe when he pulled me aside and told me everything there was to know about wrestling. And not the good stuff. All the mm-hmm. you know, He had contracts to OVW, right? Okay. All the, uh, the drugs that you was forced to take as, like a, as a wrestler. To go mm-hmm. like to the WWE and stuff like that. So John Cena made me fall in love with wrestling. But as I got older, I would say my youth pastor made me realize what wrestling was. Mm-hmm. And ever ever since then, it's just kind of been like wrestling is something that's like I just want there's so there's just so much to it and I want mm-hmm. to know all about it. Right. That's putting a lot into a little story, but 
Right. No, but that's 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 good. Like, I mean, what's what what religions? What religious does your pastor believe in? No, but that's pretty cool to hear that. You know, yeah, that's not a lot of people. You know, that that's not a lot of things that you hear every day. Like, what yeah. got you into wrestling? Oh, my pastor. Yeah. <laughs> that's just something cool. Yeah, it. I my story to getting into wrestling to getting into yarding and my exit from yarding of course you know like i said i'm definitely not done people should be looking i don't want to say this maybe not this year maybe this year i don't mm-hmm. want to answer it but the near future i'm it's i'm coming back to wrestling and it's like but my whole story from start to finish is the exact opposite of anything you've ever heard that's good to hear this is not the end of Gabriel White. Because why Daddy. would Gabriel White go out with the bang without facing Derek Destroyer? Oh. <laughs> I was looking at myself in the mirror saying that I got a grin out of it. <laughs> I, I said it with, with, with passion. I want to see Derek Destroyer versus Gabriel White. I will definitely say this. There are not many dream matches left in the yard from I know. But- that is for sure right. But there are still a few people that I've never gotten to face mm-hmm. or that I've or that I want to do over with. Right. And I will say the name Derek Destroyer has been thrown around, you know, in some of my, you know, DMs about dream matches to face. Interesting. So I will so I will say this, okay? If it's not this year, if it's not next year, this I'll say. I'm only sixteen. I got plenty of time. So for the people that's listening, that's wanting this dream match, I'll say it's probably a win, not an if. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we haven't talked too much about it, but I will say, you know, Gabriel White, Derek Destroyer is a match that has been brought up to me. Mm -hmm. You know, people want me to face Jack Delta again, you know, People want me to face Ken Havoc again. And I will dare say that out of those three dream matches, I w- you've kind of been one that I've thought more about because, you know, we've never had the opportunity to, to face each other. Right. Pardon me. So for the people that's wondering, my yarding career is not done. I'm coming back soon. And if you want to see Gary White, Derek Destroyer, if I get enough DMs about it, I'll – we'll make we'll put it in the works if that you know if because i you know i'm open to it if people want to see it and i want to do it and you want to do it it's going to get done that's good to hear and i'm just saying this i had my dream match that was supposed to happen three years ago and there's been people that never give up faith faith on neither did yeah. he neither did my opponent neither did i so after those years you know i did whatever i best could have done so I drove in across the country, like literally from Kansas all the way to North Carolina just to have my dream match. Now, yeah. just imagine what happens between, you know, you and me. Just imagine, you know, it's possible. Let's say that. It's yeah. possible. It's, it's very possible. But, man, this has been incredibly fun. Even though it's been kind of sad, it's been very fun. I know, like, to me, like, I don't see it, like, sure, it might be sad, but, like, it feels good to, like, you know, yeah, get, it's, put it's it on neat. the table. 
it's yes. very very much needed. People need they, a they need a, a broad, they need mm-hmm. to broaden the horizons too. You know, and even though this is you know a sad story and this is going to go down as probably one of the greatest, I I've been told I don't I can't remember it was some I, I want to say they were like a twenty two year old twenty three year old they said Gabriel White will go down as the greatest what if in wrestling, mm-hmm. and people the thing that people just don't know is is that if this gives backyard wrestling character, mm-hmm. you know, like as a whole, it's like there's a lot that you don't know about. So whenever you see people talking crap online or whatever, mm-hmm. it's probably more real than what you're thinking. It probably is. I know. know. Right. So if I, if I leave anyone with the message, right. You know, as my farewell for this episode, your outro. Okay. Go on. You will lose opportunities. Windows will close. Doors will slam in your face. The gap will close. But no matter how many times you get knocked down and shut out, what makes you you is that last time you get back up. Put that on a t-shirt. Trademark it. Trademark it. I'm doing it right now. I'm I'm gonna call my lawyer that I don't have. I'm gonna uh-huh. I'm I'm gonna copyright it. it. Done. Done deal. That's mine. That's good to hear. No, well, I just want to say, Gabriel White, thank you. I can't say nothing else, but thank you for being a part of, you know, Beyond the Yard. It's, it's been incredible. It's been a blast. Thank you for having me. Right. I never experienced anything like this before. So not necessarily you my first time, giggity, but <laughs> but I just want to say, you know, thanks thanks for the story, man. Like, I know this ain't the end of it, you know, just like. Yeah. Gabriel why it's not the end of it yeah there's still more I do think you know now if, if you want me to come on you know sooner you know talk about dream matches that I've had and you know wrestlers out of the face you know more than willing but I think it'd be really cool to come back on after my yarding career is over that would be just awesome kind of, just kind of reflect on how far we actually went mm-hmm. and how much stuck to my guns and what I was saying right and so, one thing I want to state about this real quickly is that throughout the podcast, like I didn't really see myself interviewing you, but instead, you know, talking to you, like talking to a friend, because yeah. that's what kind of what other people think about, you know, this podcast. Like people might think, you know, I'm interviewing you, but like in reality, like I'm talking to you, I'm sharing moments with you, you know, just having, you know, back and forth talk. I know we never met in person or not yet, yeah. but I also may have not met those persons that I interviewed before on the show, but like, it's good to, you know, be in the same level with them. Yeah. No, we'll get, what we're going to say. I'll say that for the people that's like, you know, that's listening to this, if they've made it this far, this is a very long episode. I know. Hopefully if you are listening to this this far, thank you. I will say this. And I didn't talk to, I didn't talk to him before this, but. This podcast has the potential to be something truly special. And then I wholeheartedly believe that this is something that the backyard world needs for people to kind of realize that, you know, that like the, the title of it is, there's a lot of stuff beyond the yard. No pun intended. No, no pun intended at all. But Make a sure out of it. This has been beyond the yard or something like oh, that. Yeah. The, like, you know, I'm giving, I'll, I'll give you props. This is, has never been done before, and this is much needed. So 
again, like I said at the beginning, as I said before the podcast, I'll give you credit where credit's due. This mm-hmm. is special, and this can change the entirety of yarding and what we thought it was possibly going to be. Right. So, I mean, if you guys are watching this, right, spread the word about this podcast. This podcast is something truly incredible. I pick have, you know, not that I didn't have the success as a backyard wrestler, but, you know, still being a part of backyard wrestling, you know, that's just yeah. still, still feels great because, you know, I was a part of it. And just because I'm yeah. not backyarding as much, but if I'm still being a part of it, then that's just amazing right there. Yeah, definitely. Well, I don't know how late it is. It's 1137 right now. I just want to say thank you, Gabriel White. Just thank you for being on the show. Thank you for, you know, telling your story. Thank you for telling, you know, what you went through. Um, it, I, I, I don't want to say it's my pleasure because it was, you know, a tough time. But mm-hmm. I did love that, you know, I was able to spread the word about, you know, something this serious about yarding. So. Right. I also got, you know, a chance to actually, you know, Tell people, you know, what went behind ACW, you know, they would just see Derek Destroy and be like, oh, the top guy, that's it. But yeah. they get to see, you know, yeah. what behind it. Yeah, there's a, definitely a lot more than what meets the eye. Right. Well, I just want right. to say thank you. You have a thank you, ACW, not only the ACW universe, but the backyard community for listening to this podcast. This was probably the second longest podcast i ever done besides bxb and this won't be the last of gabriel white this Not is just close. the start of it all right everybody this is derek destroyer and gabriel white signing off peace <laughs>